If you're a believer, the greatest love in all of the universe resides on the inside of you, and, and we're to share that with those around us. And to give us an example from which we can learn, we're focusing on the life of one of the lesser-known apostles, a man by the name of Andrew. And we took time last week to really just get an overview of his life. We started here in John 1 and made our way through the book of John to the various occasions in which he's mentioned. And what we learned about Andrew is the fact that he's a tough guy. Uh, We saw he came from a blue-collar area. He was a fisherman. He was a man's man. His name means manly. And, uh, And yet, although he was a tough guy, he had a tender heart. And those two things men should go together. I think men should be man's, manly men, men, uh, uh, men of integrity and character, strong on the outside, but very tender on the inside, especially to the things of God. We learned that Andrew was thoughtful. He was thoughtful. He thought of the needs of others. He wanted to make sure that others were where they needed to be when it comes to a relationship with God. And then we saw that he was consistent. Every time we find Andrew in the New Testament, he's bringing people to Jesus. That's just what he did. And uh, he lived an excellent life for the glory of, of God, a significant life. Today we're going to return to the passage where we started and take a closer look at how he shared his faith. And I want everyone to listen to what I'm about to say next. This is an incredibly important topic we're going to be studying today. Because if you really are a Christian, and I don't say that in any way that casts dispersion upon your person, but the Bible does tell us to prove our own selves whether we be in the faith. Jesus said, in essence, there's going to be tons of people that went to church and said, Lord, Lord, and Jesus is going to say, depart from me, I I never knew you. One of the real evidences that you indeed are a Christian is the Holy Spirit of God then is taking up residence within in you, and He's compelling you to think of the spiritual needs of others. And if you indeed are a real Christian, you know what it is in your heart to want your family member to come to know Jesus, or your friend, or your neighbor. That's just a part of living the Christian life. And yet many Christians don't share their faith, and there are reasons given for this. And one of the primary reasons is fear. We're just not quite sure how to go about it. There's another layer to that fear of what if they reject me. But, but most Christians who don't share their faith would say, well, there's a reason I don't share my faith, and it's because I really don't know how to go about it. I don't know where to begin. And yet what we find in Andrew is a pattern that can help each of us to share the love of Jesus with those in our lives. And so God in His goodness gave us an example here that can help to alleviate those fears that would prohibit us from doing what love does. So we're going again to John chapter 1, and if you're able to join me in standing, I'd like to invite you to do so. John chapter 1, and uh, we're going to begin reading in verse 35. John 1 and verse 35, the Bible says, And the next day after, John stood and two of his disciples, looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following and saith unto them, What seek ye? They saith unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth, his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is, being interpreted, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, 
which is by interpretation a stone. I want you to notice, if you would, in verse 41, where the Bible just tells us this about Andrew. He first findeth his own brother. He first findeth his own brother. And I want us to really look at at, uh, what happened in Andrew's life from that moment he met Jesus to the moment he's now being fruitful in his Christian life. And I think we can be encouraged in this regard. So let's ask God to bless this study today. Our Father, thank you for your word that it's true. And God, I pray that you'd open our hearts and help us to be sensitive to your leading. And we ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. About 300 years after the ministry of Jesus Christ, a man by the name of Augustine became a great leader for those who claim to be followers of of our Lord. He wrote several well-known works that are still uh, widely read today, and one of them is called Confessions. And in that writing, he made this statement. He said, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Listen to what he said. He said, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. One time the Apostle Paul was in Athens, and while there he spoke to a group of people that had vast knowledge in terms of earthly knowledge, and yet in Acts 17 we read this as Paul spoke. He said, as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. Whom therefore you ignorantly worship him, declare I unto you. And then Paul based his following message on the fact that these people who had so much information, they were aware, they were keenly aware, there was something they did not know. There was something they were missing. They tried to learn, they did all they could, but even by their own testimony, there was something that was unknown to them. The well-known author C.S. Lewis once wrote these words, If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. Jesus one time was speaking in John chapter 7, and and as he spoke there, he said this, If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water he said out of his belly rivers of water will flow now that word belly in this passage refers to the innermost part of a person it refers to that place from which our thoughts come in fact this same word used here for belly is is a word that also means a hole or an empty place and jesus said in those words that within every person there's an empty place a place that's void, a place where in our thoughts we'd have to be honest and say, you know, there's something missing in my life. And yet Jesus said that in that space of emptiness, he can there do a work that will lead to overflowing. There's a place within every human being that was made to be filled by God. Some people do their best not to think of that and to live as though this life is all there is. Many people self-medicate in so many various different ways to avoid that thought. Some seek hyper-achievement as though they'll fill it on their own. But apart from God, there's emptiness. An awareness that we're missing something. Tennis star Boris Becker was interviewed about his career. And while he was reminiscing on those times when he was at the very top of the tennis world... He shared that it was in that moment he was living on the brink of suicide. That was his expression. He said, and I quote, 
I had won Wimbledon twice before, once as the youngest player. I was rich. I had all the material possessions I needed. It's the old song, and it's the old song of movie stars and pop stars who commit suicide. They have everything, and yet they're so unhappy. I had no inner peace. I was a puppet on a string. He went on to say this, that when you get to the top, nothing is there. Psychologists have wrestled with this, and some have called this, ironically, the success syndrome. In awareness that it doesn't matter how much you make, how much you get, how well-known you are, there's still a profound emptiness. And as much success as you get, this, this uh, uh, fact is there's an emptiness still. Others have called it the syndrome of disavowed yearning. And I call it a longing for a God you've yet to meet. And Andrew knew what that was. Andrew knew what that was. He knew something was missing in his life. And Andrew, no doubt, had a loving family. He had friends. We know that he was an entrepreneur. He had a business. He would have had a place in the community. Andrew had really what people would have said you need to get to have a fulfilling life. But there was something in Andrew. He was very aware something's missing. And, and then along comes a preacher by the name of John. And John began to preach that there's more to it than just this. There's something bigger. And, and that resonated within the spirit of Andrew. He didn't want to resist the truth. He, he realized that what that preacher was saying was actually correct. And, and so he began to follow the teaching of John the Baptist. And then the day came when John the Baptist's ministry of preparing for the arrival of Jesus Christ was complete. And John the Baptist pointed others to Jesus and Jesus began to speak. And in the heart of Andrew, he began to think, you know, what he is saying is absolutely true. It is accurate. Purpose filled his life that no amount of fame or money or prestige could replace. His life in that moment was changed not only for eternity, but with the time that he had left yet to live. And I don't want to be naive and act as though he had all the answers in that moment. He did not. But he had the greatest answer anyone can have. Who Jesus is and what that means to me. And, and sense was made of his life where sense had not existed before. As the peace of God permeated his soul for the very first time, his joy was unable to be contained. Like someone that just got a, a, a hot stock tip or just read a good book or just saw a great movie, can't keep the news to themselves. Andrew was so moved by what he had come to know of Jesus Christ that he just had to share it with others. It changed the way he lived. And the Bible tells us simply this. He first findeth his own brother. Now you'll have to forgive me. I obsess over words. I guess that's kind of the way God put me together and it seems to suit me well for what it is he's called me to do with my life. But I love these expressions in the Bible where you read them and you could take them any number of ways. So the Bible tells us of Andrew, he first findeth his own brother. So what does that mean? Well, it means he found his brother first. Of all the people in the world, he started with, with one that he knew well, one who was close to him, one perhaps that he loved more than others. He first findeth his own brother. I think there's another meaning in that statement. I don't know that the Bible would have told us he found Peter first had Peter been the last. In other words, you get the idea, he was first of 
Many, and certainly that connects to what we've seen of Andrew's life, because as I said last week, as we went through the Gospel of John, we found that every time we find Andrew, he was bringing people to Jesus. And so we see that he found his brother. We know that his brother was not the last, and, and Andrew told many people uh, about Jesus. So he, Peter was the first of many. But, but it also speaks of a priority. The very first thing he did upon understanding who Jesus is was to share the news of Jesus with others. And again, I hearken back to this reality. If you indeed are a Christian, you know what I'm talking about. You know what it's like to talk to someone. And you wonder if in their heart they know what's in your heart. Maybe it's someone you care deeply about. Maybe it's someone you work with almost on a daily basis. And maybe it was just a chance encounter and you're talking with something and there's a spark on the inside of you that leads you to wonder if that person really has any idea who Jesus is. If they know what it is to have the forgiveness of sins, the assurance of a home in heaven. You know what it's like to, to care about people in that way. And you've probably wondered how to exactly go about sharing with them what has happened in your life. And Andrew, in a very poignant way, reveals to us some important steps to sharing the love of Jesus Christ. And as we look deeply into this passage, we see these steps emerge. And, and so if you want to seek others for Jesus, here's the first thought I'll share with you this morning. Seek Jesus first. If you want to seek others for Jesus, here's where it has to begin. Seek Jesus first. Verses 37 and 38, the Bible says it this way. And, and the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? So upon hearing the truth of Jesus, Andrew, he, he decided, I want to get to know you more. Where are you staying? I want to come spend time with you. I want to hear you speak. I want to listen. I want to learn. And as we seek to share our faith with those in our lives, we need to understand that it should come from an overflow of our time with Jesus. We spend time with the Lord and we gain things that we then can share with others. Let me give a word of explanation about what I'm sharing with you this morning. In Mark's gospel, we find an occasion where the disciples were being prepared to go out and do ministry for Jesus Christ. And Jesus was the greatest teacher, leader, organizer the world has ever known. He did a great job. He called his disciples unto them. And uh, uh, he, he did the work while they watched. He did the work with them. And then finally, he sent them to do the work on their own. And the Holy Spirit of God filled them. So we see a wonderful process of leadership there. And Jesus was preparing his disciples to now go out and do ministry for the first time. And in Mark chapter 3, three we read this and he ordained 12 that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach jesus said listen something needs to happen before you try to go out into Kerouk to preach to boldly declare the truth something needs to happen and what needs to happen is you need to spend some time with me as he called his apostles, it wasn't just to send them out. He said, I want you to be with me, and then I'll send you forth to preach. In other words, here's a great statement. Listen, the best thing we can do before we speak to others about Christ is to speak to Christ about others. Spend that time with God. There's a principle in the Psalms that teaches us this. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Now that passage in the book of Psalms actually is not dealing with sharing our faith, but there's a great application. 
of someone with a broken heart sharing the seeds of the gospel message. And from there, the Bible says, you'll come then with rejoicing, bringing your sheaves or, or the harvest from that sowing of the seed with you. The application is this. When the gospel takes root, it can change somebody's life. But many times, the seed that leads to that fruit is sown by someone who has a heart that sees things as God does. His heart is broken for those things that break the heart of God. And he's going having spent time with the Lord. Before we hope to share Jesus with others, we need to spend time with Him. We need to get to know Him. We need to get to grow in Him. We need to ask God to help, to help others come to know Him through our lives. And the byproduct of this is that He'll go with you as you share Him. Referring to those times in which we share His love with others, Jesus said this in Matthew 28. He said, Lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world, Amen. And so as we look at the profound life that Andrew lived, where did it all begin? Well, it began where it has to begin, at the feet of Jesus. He spent time with Jesus. And that leads us to the second thought this morning. I want to say it this way today, simply share what you know. Share what you know. Now let's look at verse 41 in our text. The Bible there says, He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, we have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. We spent some time last week to talk about this word Christ and the word Messiah. They're the same uh, idea of the Old Testament promise of, of a coming one, God the Son. And, and, and so this term here <clears throat> referred to something that Peter would have understood. And, and I want you to notice that Andrew is sharing with Peter, hey, the promised one from the Old Testament that you're aware of, he's dealing with something Peter would have understood, he's come. I've met him, and I want you to meet him. And, and, and I want you to see that this all happened rather quickly. As I began at point one, I said you need to make sure you're spending time with Jesus. But I'm not implying that you need to have some kind of advanced degree from a Bible college before you share your faith. You need to know who Jesus is, and you need to spend that time with him. But this was all rather quick in the life of Andrew, where he's now telling other people not everything. He doesn't know everything. He's sharing with them what he knows. Studies have shown that the majority of Christians don't share their faith. And as I've told you already, the reason many give for not doing so is fear. And a big part of that fear is, well, I just don't know enough. This fear of I may be confronted with a question I don't have the answer to. And uh, friends, let me share this with you. The reality is we never do know it all. If we're waiting until we know it all before we're going to seek to share anything for Jesus, we're never going to share anything. I have a friend who pastors down in San Diego, and he had a service last week. He called it Ask Me Anything, and uh, he just fielded questions from everybody in the church. And I said, that's a really neat thing you did. And inside, I'm thinking, I will never do that. <laughs> and I know why I will never do that, okay? I don't need any help making myself look dumber than I already am. You guys are going to ask questions, and I don't know everything. Listen, I'm not an expert on everything in the world. I hope I bring an area of expertise to these uh, four or five verses we're studying today. I've been reading them and, and pouring over them and, and, and asking God for insight. Uh, listen, I, I don't know everything, but hopefully there are some things I know, and I'm not here today to try to share the things with you that I don't know. I'll leave that for somebody else. I can only share what I know. And when it comes to a relationship with God, we, we don't know everything. We never will know everything. But you can share what you know about Jesus, what he's done for you. I remember when I was younger, I thought, you know, if I could just become a great debater, then God will really use me in an awesome way, you know. 
If I can just shame everyone that doesn't believe, you know, and, and if I could be able to get in an argument and always win when it comes to things of faith, that'll be great. You know what I learned? If you debate it, they will hate it. You know? That's not what the world needs. They don't need some arrogant, cocky guy that's going to, you know, has an answer for everything that they, you know, and it's like, and you talk to people like that, you know, they don't know what they think they know either. They're puppeting what they read somewhere else, or what somebody else said. Um, if we just become debaters, they're going to hate the message. When we've been called by God, we know that he wants us not to provide for someone's salvation. That's his job. He wants us to be one thing, and it's something we all can be, witnesses, just witnesses. We talk about going witnessing, and I understand that. It's a good use of the term, but he just said, I want you to be witnesses. He didn't say go witnessing per se. He said, I just want you to be witnesses. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus says this. He says, you, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. A witness is someone who shares what they have seen or experienced. And friends, listen today. If you indeed are a Christian, you have experienced the love of God. You'd say, I don't know everything. And I'd say, join the club. I don't either. either. I'm too chicken to do an ask your pastor anything service, okay? But you know what it is to be confronted with the reality of your sin. To ask a holy God to forgive you and to know that based on the authority of his word, he did what you asked in that prayer. And you know what it is to have a new life in him. And you know something more than people who've yet to meet Jesus. And in that area, you have an opportunity to bless them, to help them, to encourage them. And so I'm telling you, you need to spend time with Jesus. And secondly, just share your story. The greatest missionary the world has ever known is the Apostle Paul. And the most often used uh, technique in sharing the gospel message is Paul would say, hey, let me tell you my story. And he would tell his personal story. Sometimes we call that our personal testimony. He would just share with others what God had done in his life. That's a great way to open the door. And that leads us to the final thought I'll share with you today. Number three is this, simply, bring them to Jesus. Bring them to Jesus. In verse 42, we read these words. And he, Andrew, brought him, his brother, to Jesus. To Jesus. Now, Andrew's brother, and again, we talked about this a little bit last week, he would later be called Peter, and, uh, and so Andrew brings Peter to Jesus. And, and you need to know, there is nothing more loving one human being can do for another human being than to bring them to Jesus. There's just nothing greater one person can do for another person. I'm a big fan of inviting people to come to Jesus. In fact, we're in the process right now of, of getting out thousands of invitations into our community. JJ, how many invitations have gone off the property so far 10,000 how many 10,400 since last Sunday you guys have taken and I'm sure uh, some are on the floorboard of some cars I've got a few on the floorboard of mine okay but man we're in the process of getting out as many invitations as possible we believe that Jesus is worth it and we want to give people an opportunity to be a part of that and so I would tell every one of you today be an inviter invite people to church invite people to open house but there's something better than inviting people it's bringing people. And there's a difference. In Mark 2, we get an example of this. We meet a group of men who were determined to get their 
friend to Jesus. Their friend was sick, and he's laying in a sick bed, if you would. And, and of that experience, the Bible tells us this in Mark 2. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. So we've got five guys, four friends and a sick guy. And they brought their friend to Jesus. The Bible says he was born of four. That just means there was four people bearing the weight of that guy. Imagine a stretcher and a guy on each end. And they said, we're getting you to Jesus. They didn't just invite him. They brought him. Now, I don't know that you could bring your friend on a stretcher to church on Open House Sunday. If you like to try that, you're free to do that, I guess. But, but the idea is this. They knew what their friend needed, and they were so passionate about it and so desperate to get him there. They said, listen, we'll take care of everything. Don't worry about a thing. We'll even pick you up literally we'll get you there we'll take care of everything you need they they just said this come on let's go let's go and there are people in our life that we're close enough with we've invested in the relationship enough to say hey come on i, I want you to come and do something with me this sunday uh, it'll only take about an hour hour and a half but i just i want you to be a part of this with me this sunday come on let's go we bring people to jesus by sharing his message of of salvation i believe in the in the worship guide this morning, uh, you received invitations. I think they're all a little bit different. This one has a teddy bear on it. And it says, uh, you're invited to sit with me. And it has uh, information on the back about it. You know, sharing something as simple as this. You might say, well, why did you make something as goofy as this? It's got a bear on it. It's a funny, looks almost like you could put a drink on it, you know, something. Why'd you do that? Uh, because... In a professional setting, you may not want to hand out a newsletter, okay, or, or a, a giant thing. And this is something that's benign, it's simple. I'm saying we can make a difference for the Lord just by going, hey, I wanted to give this to you and invite you to come sit with me. And uh, that's a great thing to do, is to invite people in that way. Uh, we have gospel tracts in our bulletin. You could take one of those gospel tracts with the verses that can lead people to uh, Jesus from the Bible, and you could just simply ask your friends, hey, do you know for sure that you have a relationship with God? Can I share some verses with you? And that will encourage them. That will help them. Better yet, take that gospel tract and take the verses and mark it down in your own Bible and give yourself a roadmap of how you can take your Bible. Friends, here's what I'm saying. We're all waiting around for somebody to do something to reach our world, and God says, you're the ones I want to use. Would you bring people to me? You ask someone, hey, do you have a few minutes? I want to share with you something that God has done in my life. You'll be shocked at how God can use you. It's just a great thing to invite people to a place where they can hear the preaching of the gospel message. And I want to encourage you guys, invite people to join you on the on the 15th. I'll tell you what we'll do if your friends come. Uh, we will meet them, we will greet them, we will treat them, and then we will seat them, okay? And then we're going to have a service, and we're, we've got a dynamic music planned for that day, and I promise you that I'll be studied up and prayed up, and I will stand up, and after a few minutes, I will then shut up, but in between stand up and shut up time, I'm going to do my very best to as, to as clearly as I know how, share the gospel message of Jesus Christ. You might say, well, I've got some friends in my life, and you might say, well, I wouldn't know exactly how to, how to tell them about Jesus. I'm saying, I'm going to do my best to do that for our church family on that day. That's what the whole day will consist of. One of the greatest things you could do for someone in your life that maybe doesn't know the Lord is get them to a place where they can hear about him. Maybe you say, well, pastor, I got a friend, they're already a believer. You know what I've learned about Christians? They love hearing the message of salvation. 
You know, it's like their favorite thing ever is to be reminded how good God is and what he's done for us. It'll encourage anybody. It'll encourage a Christian. And if they've yet to meet Jesus, it very well may be a day where something begins in their heart that leads to a spiritual salvation. Maybe the greatest day of their life in that regard. When my grandfather passed away a few years back. Uh, his farm became shared by the family and and we have a a cabin back there that we split up the usage of and and we all love it Uh, my grandfather's father homesteaded uh, on that uh, area uh, many years ago and it means a lot to us and and uh, there's a lot of things to do at the cabin that we enjoy Um, mostly just relax I guess but there's no no tv uh, reception back there and it's just a great place to go and unwind and and just kind of relax and enjoy the wilderness and and uh, we learned very early on in this little familial experiment that if there weren't some guidelines if there weren't some rules that uh, invariably we'd want to kill one another and so we had to establish that if you go to the cabin before you leave you got to shut the place down in the right way and uh, we came up with a list. I think there's 37 items on the list. And actually, Lisa typed it up. And uh, uh, I only remember that because she spelled window winder one time. And that was the one thing, you know, my brother had to point out. But I digress. It has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. But, uh, you know, you got to vacuum. You got to get the uh, floor clean. And, and we even turn the water off in case there's a broken pipe. Nobody's back there. To know. I mean, just everything you can imagine, okay? There's not even trash service back there. You got to haul your trash out. So, I mean, it's a pretty, pretty thorough process. Well, I was back there with some family, and believe it or not, I was like the senior member there, which meant I'm the responsible guy. And the time for our departure rolled around, and, and uh, one of my family members who's younger than me said, uh, hey, we're going to stay a little longer. I said, great. Make sure you shut it all down right. Okay, very good. Well, I, I left, and, and uh, it was weeks and weeks later, really, I got a call from another family member who was the next person to go to the cabin. And that family member was not happy with me because lights had been left on and there was trash in the trash can and the water hadn't been shut off and, and on and on and so I took the heat because that's what I do I'm hyper responsible it's a it's a problem of mine and and uh, I'm, I'm not good at blaming I have other other areas I'm good at but that's not one of them and so I just took it and then I got on the phone with that family member that uh, messed me up hey what did you do before you left the cabin oh we did a lot of things you did tell me about them we went shooting, we went hiking, we took the gator out for a spin, we had a fire outside. I mean, it was just great. We did so many things. I said, well, apparently you didn't get around to the things that I told you about, like getting the cabin cleaned up. And there was like a feigned defense of, oh, yes, we did. And that was quickly shut down when I re- revealed that I knew that that was not done. You know, I said, all those things you did were fine. Listen, go shooting. Drive the gator, go on a hike, have a good time. But there was just one thing you absolutely had to get to. When Jesus Christ left us behind, (laughs) he ascended. There really was a main thing he left for us. It's to pass on our faith to others. Sharing our faith. Listen, just about everything we do at church, we're going to do in heaven. We're going to spend time together. We're going to spend time with him. We're going to praise. We're going to worship. We're going to do all of those things in heaven. But you know what? In heaven, there never will be an invitation at the end of a preached sermon inviting people to trust Jesus because everybody in heaven's already a Christian. 
these few years that we call life, this is the only shot we have to tell those people we love about Jesus. And, and I'm reminded of the words of Solomon who said, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knoweth not what a day may bring forth. I mean, we can't take it for granted that this is something we'll get around to many years from now. I'm saying we've got a wonderful opportunity, and I'm doing my very best as the pastor of our church to say, This is the perfect season to tell people about Jesus, to share the love of Jesus, to invite them to a place where they can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. This season, it's for that. It's what it's all about. I want you to imagine with me, just imagine what would happen if we decided to just share an invitation with people this week. You say, well, what if I gave out 10 of them and nine people just didn't even want to come? I'd say, those are pretty good numbers. I want you to imagine with me if, if we invited some people to a place where they would hear the gospel. Imagine what would happen. Imagine if we made the decision to bring somebody, not just to be an inviter, but we said, you know something, that cousin of mine, that coworker of mine, that neighbor of mine, I'm, I'm going to them and say, come on, I want you to be a part of something with me this Sunday. It's going to be great. Just come on. Come on. Some people we can just say, come on, and they will come on. I want you to imagine what would happen if you did that. Imagine how your family would change if you would be the light of the gospel within your family for those who don't know Jesus imagine how your workplace would change if you began to live the life of Christ imagine even how a neighborhood would change this is God's plan for changing the world it's not regime change it's not world war whatever is coming up next God's plan for changing the world is that those of us who know him would tell those who don't know him about him we have a great opportunity to do that so today the closing is pretty simple will you be an Andrew will you seek Jesus in the course of your life we never do arrive we're all a work in progress but we be like Andrew and be someone who seeks Jesus will you share what you know with others and will you bring people to Jesus I'd imagine, I'd imagine if we did those things, our part of the world would begin to change. Our Father, thank you today for the joy, the privilege we have of being your ambassador, your representative in this world. God, I pray that you'd help us to be compelled by your love for us, to be compelled by love for others, to share your love through our lives. God, help us to actually live the Christian life.